Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. After review, the backside defender, Buddy Hill, hits the ball. Therefore, the call on the floor has been overturned to a... What? That's not right. That's not right. Indiana's ball. Their challenge That's is successful. not right. They re- maintain their timeout, and they have one challenge remaining. Brian Scalabrini on the call the other night. Very, very controversial Final three seconds in Indianapolis. Uh, last two-minute report would disagree with Scal. What? Uh, I would tend to agree with Scal on this. I'm not sure it's the reason the Celtics lost, but certainly looked like a foul on Jalen Brown. Uh, Brian Scalabrini joining us here on the Harbor One Hotline. He is brought to you by Shaw's and Star Market, perfecting the art of fresh, and by John Sewer and Drain Cleaning, the name to know when your drains don't flow. Brian Scalabrini, how we doing this week? You uh, You still seething over that call? I mean, you know, you're you're right. It took a lot. That call, like, took a lot of the, man, the Celtics could have played better in the third quarter and all that. But, yes, I am. I'm still mad. And then when the last two-minute report came out, yep. it, like, it reads like a legal document. Like, what contact is ever – so, like, if I hit a guy in the head and it's incidental, I'm all good. It used to be flagrant fouls. Like, it's, it's I'm, I'm kind of done with the replays. I'm kind of done with the last two-minute report. Like everyone, and then and then I kind of said on air, like you know what? I think that was a foul on Porzingis. I get that Matherin jumped into him, but I think for the last two minute report to take all the attention off of one and put it on another, it, it made it look really bad. But I tell you what, give Indiana a lot of credit. Like the, you know, Ty, Tyrese Halliburton slipping and TJ McConnell dominated that game, and unfortunately we didn't get the win. But I was uh, I was pretty heated. No, and like, look, I, I think that was a missed call. Like I'm not uh, again. I I wouldn't put the 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 final result on it, but it was a missed call. Here here's my question for you: Between Jalen calling for a uh, a quote unquote investigation, have you seen the uh, the rant from the uh, the Toronto coach last night? Have you seen that? I'm assuming you have. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, you know the best the best part. Do you you saw that LeBron backs Jalen yep. Brown? Yep. Like, yes. This is stuff I'm talking about these referees or this these referees or that and then he gets they get 20 like the Lakers get 23 (laughs) free throws to two and then they ask LeBron and he's like yeah I thought you know they fouled and we did I thought they did a good job (laughs) so great so you can't make up LeBron man you really cannot make LeBron up (laughs) so let's add LeBron to this between LeBron Jalen, the Toronto coach, are, are players and coaches feeling more emboldened to criticize officials? Because it does feel like, I mean, it's an opening of the floodgates on this front. I think so. I think it's um, like the inconsistencies that the players are upset about. Like, I, if you ask any player, you see, if you just go through right now, right, including me, right? Like, I'm not, I'm the, I'm an analyst. I'm supposed to know these things, right? And if you ask them, player hey what do you think about this call oh yeah you see you got him in the head that's definitely a foul oh yeah that's definitely 99 99 out of 100 there'll be one like Kyrie Irving guy that's like a flat earther that's like hey no actually that's not a foul right but for the, for the most part everybody would say it's a foul but somehow it's not a foul so I think I think the players are really 
upset about the inconsistencies of these calls. And for and another one would be if they call a game tight and they allow teams to be handsy, and then in the fourth quarter they just start calling. Or no, they, they don't call it tight, but in the fourth quarter all of a sudden we see 23 free throws to, you know, uh, two. Then all of a sudden players are going to be upset about that. I think for the most part players can adapt, whatever the game is called, but it's the inconsistencies I think that bother people. And even in that Indiana game, no, I think it was the, the first game. We had zero free throws in the first half and then 19 in the second half. It just seems like a really strange way to officiate games. So, Scout, with the Celtics in particular, tonight they see Minnesota at home, and then tomorrow they're on to Milwaukee. A big back-to-back. Which of these two is the bigger game? Which one should we read more into? Because one of them is an extremely hot uh, maybe slightly slept on team for us back east, and the other one is somebody who you had to expect the Celtics may see in the east in the playoffs. Yeah, so uh, to me, if okay, like if we lose it back to back to Milwaukee, who's really struggling right now, they can't guard anybody. They were down to Utah by in thirty one at halftime, where Giannis already called out their team. So, but but it is a back to back, and they're they've been rested since Monday, so. If if we if we win that game, it's an incredible win. But we need to win this game because this is the, the one thing that I, as an analyst, have felt like we've been we've struggled against. It's the shot blocking big with the physical perimeter players. They have McDaniel's and they have Anthony Edwards, who both are real handsy, and they both like get into the body. They use their chest into guys' shoulders. So those are things like Miami does. Those are things that Golden State has done to us in the past. So I'm looking at this game as like a benchmark. The the Milwaukee game, even though you're right, like you can match up with them, playing a team that has that's coming off a terrible loss with four days off, I guess it would be three days off, versus a team on a back-to-back that's getting in at 3 o'clock in the morning, that would be a really tough win. So I'm looking at tonight as more of a benchmark. We need to win tonight's game. Scal, uh, earlier this week, Chris Stapps Porzingis said that he thinks Drew Holiday has to sacrifice the most of anyone on this team. Do you agree with him? Yeah, I think so. Um, but it does kind of fit into his game. Holiday's like a he's like an instinctual player where – you know, like Derek White, you, you know, I know you guys love Derek White. You guys mentioned in the past, like anytime we got to get Derek White going, we go with that double high screen with Derek White on the left side. So it's like a really predictable set. We don't really have sets like that for Holiday. You'll, you'll find him randomly pushing the ball, the pull up from three. You'll find him in that low dunker spot where he's kind of like working the baseline, which is tremendous for us, by the way, because it helps our spacing out. But that's a sacrifice. Like a lot of players, he's good at playing there. But a lot of players don't want to play there. Like, you don't ever see players getting into the gym in the summertime working on their low dunker moves. Not even a big man do that. So he does make the most sacrifice defensively. I didn't love our 2-1-2 zone that we were running. I, I think there's some room for improvement. But if you keep an eye on Drew Holiday, he's the guy that has to make all the reads out there. He has to, He's the guy that's responsible for guarding the best player. He's the guy that's responsible for guarding like a Joel Embiid when he gets uh, switched out onto him. So there's no question about it that – I feel like he makes sacrifices all across the board. But with that being said, I think Brad Stevens, Celtics ownership group, I think the Celtics fans all recognize that. And I'm pretty sure that he'll be well compensated for that when April 1st rolls around and he's up for a contract extension. Well, that's what I was just going to ask. Like, do you think with all the sacrifices that he has to make, are they getting what they paid for or what they would be paying for? Oh, yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. They can't. 
I, somebody came up to me. I'm not going to mention the media guy's name, but he came up to me and he was like, "Was it Jared Weiss? If they, <laughs> name names. <laughs> they, they, oh man, you got you know too much. You guys are chewing. He was like, if they let Holiday lose, the Celtics will go undefeated. I'm like, the reason they're so good is because Holiday does sacrifice and like the spacing on the floor. Like five out spacing is terrible. I hate five out spacing. He's going down to the dunker to open up driving lanes for guys. So. All that sacrifice makes the Celtics great. If he was out there trying to get his, I, I'm not saying it would be a disaster because our talent is, is so superior to other teams out there, but it wouldn't be as smooth as it is right now without having Drew Holiday. And I'm, I would be shocked, absolutely floored, if the Celtics group, ownership, management does not recognize like how great Holiday makes us. I told you guys in the past, like, I think his impact kind of echoes the same impact that Kevin Garnett had when he was here. The team, to me, looks completely different this year than they did last year. Their defense, their their intensity, their consistency, their offense, their, everything to me looks different. And I get it. Like, I'm sure that there's a lot of factors into that. But when he got here, I felt like a lot of things have changed. So I wanted to check in on this because we asked you about it weeks ago. I did notice that your colleague, Drew Carter, was posting a bunch of stuff on his social media about you guys making fun of a vest he was wearing on air the other night. How do you feel like that relationship with your younger colleague is developing and evolving now that you guys have done several road trips together and you're calling his vest a life preserver? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. so I I got stunned there for a second, right? Like I was, I was like, you know what? Should I? He answered. He asked me a question, and I didn't know. I really wanted to talk about his vest, but I was like, "Should I do this? Should I not?" My boss said, "Hey, lay, lay off Drew Carter for a little bit. Let him get integrated." But that's my boy, man. Like I, I like uh, hanging around him. Were you he's young, hazing he's him? So different. Not like in a way, yes, but yeah. you know, like carry my bags, rookie. Me, Bows and toes, right? Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah. You know, like when um. When I make fun of guys, it's usually because I like them. I don't – if I say stuff like, hey, man, how you doing? How's everything? How's your family? I usually don't like those type of people. But if I go and you call your best of life preserver. Yeah. Yeah, that, that means that I don't really mess with you like that. <laughs> you can ask any of my friends. Ask any of my friends how, you know, when we say hello, the text change and all that stuff. And, and by the way, that's how we were, like, back in the day. That's how it was for me growing up. But – but, like, so I, I, I like to mess around with Drew. I think it's going to be great. Like, um, I think he's really good at what he does. And it was very – you remember my relationship with Kyle Draper? Yes. How we would do a show and I would just kind of, like, throw things out there and, like, try to, try to, try to make them – try to get them all flustered. And um, he would keep it moving. I, I really respect that about people in TV. I think Drew has those same qualities. So I think it's going great, and I think he's really good at what he does. Uh, so not to change gears too abruptly here, uh, but Houston is at the Garden on Saturday night, which will be the return of Ime Udoka. Um, how do you expect uh-huh. that to go? I don't know. I, 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 I don't know if – you know what? Anybody that ever asks me, I always tell them, this guy's phenomenal as a basketball coach. I do. I, I don't, like, uh, that other stuff that happened is more like, I don't know, it could happen again, it could not happen again. I have no idea. I can only analyze this guy as a basketball coach. 
I think he was exactly what the Boston Celtics needed at the time. I didn't know at the first, what was it? So we were 18 and 21, so almost like the first half of the season. But his message was consistent the whole time. He got so much out of Jason and Jalen. I love the the way that uh, we guarded. I love the stuff they did with Rob Williams. So I only analyze him as a basketball coach. I get that other stuff happened, but I just thought that he was phenomenal. So when, when people around the league, they ask me, who do you think can coach? It's hands down. And I talk about Ime Doka as one of the best coaches in this league. So I hope to, you know, listen, everyone has their own deal with and their own, uh, their own morality police and, and, and whatnot. But for me, he was a phenomenal coach that, um, that really took our, our, our team and our organization to another level. I hope, uh, I hope fans in general, they could do what they want. They want to cheer. They want to boo. I'm not Greg Popovich over here calling people out, but I definitely think that he was a big part of where we're at right now. Okay, he is Brian Scalabrini. He joins us each and every Wednesday here on Jones and Mega with Arcan on WEEI. As all our guests, he joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. Uh, we'll listen to Scal tonight on the call, Celtics and T-Wolves, and we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Thank you. All right, Scal, thanks so much for the time. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 